you may be seated. It is a wonderful thing how it always pays off to come to church, even when you feel like maybe not coming. Anyone ever feel that way, by the way? Amen. Amen. I, uh, I don't know if it's allergies to do with weather or whatever, but lately I've been having a lot of uh, head congestion in the morning. And then once that clears, about an hour later, I feel so tired because my body has been struggling to get air all night long as I've slept, but I don't know it when I first wake up. Anyone ever experienced that? Amen. Amen. And so I had it so bad this morning, I'm like, oh. I, I told Sarah, I said, you know, I want to go to church today. I just don't want to lead it. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm here, and I'm glad the Lord, when you come in, when you don't feel like it, he lifts you up. Yeah. And something happens in the spirit, and he, he makes it all right and better than all right and stirs up joy within us Amen. that we are here ready to worship him in spirit and in truth. I know that to be the case for me anyhow. Amen. I want to take our attention today, at least for a little while. I, I may not preach real long. Of course, I never preach real long, you know. Aren't you lucky? Aren't you? Some of you have experience and know what a long-winded preacher is like. And it's either real good or real bad. And I suppose that could be true of anyone, but uh, at least if it's real bad here, it ain't real long. So uh, we're going to take your attention to the book of Matthew, chapter 20, and we're going to read just two verses here today. <coughs> Matthew, chapter 20, and I'm going to read the first two verses from the New King James Version. The Bible says here, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Today, I want to speak from this thought part-time, full-time. Would you bow your heads and pray one more time for the blessing of the Lord to be upon us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your very encouraging and uplifting spirit field today. Simply ask, Lord, that you would lend anointing and that you would help me. God, every word that's spoken, let it be anointed and let it be a blessing to your people and a help to them. I ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Part-time, full-time. Anybody remember using one of these punch clocks? Not something that's very common nowadays because even if you have a time clock, it's, it's usually digitized. It might come with a plastic card that you always use. And most places probably don't even have that. A few, but uh, for, for you young folks, this used to be how you punched in and out of work. Uh, and so the HR department or manager or whomever it was that took care of it would, at the end of the week, collect all the cards that were next to the clock and just enter in the times uh, that, that you punched in and out. And so to the minute, you would get paid a 
according to your hourly wage. Your hourly wage. Uh, but, you know, as is the, the aspiration, at least in America, most people don't want to maintain a career path that is hourly. They want what? They want a salary. They want a, a certain amount of money to be there every week, every year, and, of course, they want that to grow. I've never heard anyone ask for prayer and say, hey, uh, could you pray I make less money? And I, I assume that you're on, on the same page with that, that if, if you're going to make money, always a little bit more, right? Always a little bit more. I, I certainly could use it. It certainly could go somewhere. The hourly wage, however, has been around an awful long time, and, uh, and chances are it's not going to go anywhere. We read today about a man who goes out to hire for, not the hour, but for the day. So very similar that we're going to give you a wage. It's going to be a denarius or, in the King James, a penny. Really what they're saying is it's a day's wage, a day's wage. He went out at the, the sixth hour of the day, so very early in the morning is what this is, and, uh, and he goes out and, and goes to hire to, to have work done. And as the story unfolds, he goes out a little later, he hires more. He goes out a little later, he hires more. Apparently, he has an awful lot of work to get done. And he, go, he does this several times, and finally, he goes out the 11th hour of the day. In other words, there's only one more hour's worth of working. They would work 12 hours. And he gives everyone this same promise. I'll give you a day's wage, even though you haven't been working all day. You're here I have work to be done, and I will hire you for a day's wage. And so time, the end of the day comes, it's quitting time, and everyone lines up to get paid because you would get paid that day. And he has the last that were hired come first and pays everyone the same amount, even though some had worked for one hour, some had worked for three, some six, and some 12. And, of course, those who were last to get paid and first to work had a little bit of a problem, and they said to the landowner, said, you know, we kind of expected you would double our pay. See, this is why HR departments say, don't tell anyone how much you make. Right. Uh, just about every company has this as a policy. It's like, no, you're not supposed to tell each other. Which, but apparently this was a common practice at this field, at this time, at this place, in the parable Jesus is sharing, for how else would they know? Hey, you know, I expected to be paid, I mean, more since these folks only worked part-time. But we were here full-time. A great difference in America in how we measure things and how we address things in employment, in economics, based on whether or not people working are working part-time or they are working full-time. This is another reason that people want a salaried position because they might have seasons of the year where they're very, very busy, but they might have seasons of the year where there's not a whole lot going on, but they still get paid the same amount. Anyone witness of that? Amen. Amen. We've got this as a problem, and it, it has actually become 
even more of a problem in the last 15 or so years. After the Great Recession that uh, we have lived through from 2008 and after that, we in America passed this Affordable Care Act. Anybody remember that? This Affordable Care Act that, that said, well, if you're going to be working full-time, it is your employer's responsibility to make sure you have benefits. Oh, yes, the benefits of full-time employment. Not only do you know what you'll be making, you get the trimmings around it. You get medical. You might get dental or vision. You, some people even get medical care for their pets, you know, and, and hopefully the labor negotiations don't shut down over whether or not your pet gets health care. But sometimes, you know, there are these benefits. And, and there, there is a, a company on the west side of town. It's a software company. Highland, that's right. I, I was struggling for the name. Highland, they, they even have interesting things that are benefits on site, on their campus. I think they have a, a car wash there. They have a daycare there. They have a lot of, they, you can go and get your hair cut there to save time. And if I were working there, it might be enjoyable, but I would start to wonder, you know, how many dollars an hour am I missing out on by them having a full-time barber? But nonetheless, benefits of full-time employment. After this Affordable Care Act passed, there was this problem because those who were employing people full-time now were mandated to do even more. And it really created quite a, a, a turmoil for certain companies. Maybe not everyone, but some of you might remember this. I, I, I remember the Darden family of restaurants really struggling with this because they had full-time staff, either chefs or servers. They would work 38 or more hours a week, and now all of a sudden they had to pay these servers or chefs or whatever uh, benefits. And so they had to restructure everything. And it really, really hurt service. It really, really hurt the value because they had part-time overload and restructuring overload. And Sarah, you might remember this. We went to Red Lobster during this for a, a meal and we sat down and for 45 minutes waited for someone to come and take our order. I think we got water, but that was it. And finally, we just said, well, you know, I'm still hungry. I don't know, but I'm going to go. We're going to get up and go. And we just got up and left, and it was like they didn't even know that we had, had gone. Part-time and full-time, there's kind of a strain there, isn't there? There's this uh, 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 uneasiness. And so at that time, we had this issue of underemployment when everything got restructured because some people who didn't have a salary, full-time position with benefits, were working multiple part-time jobs. We have a different problem right now in the, in, in the country because of everything that's happened since COVID. We currently have underemployment or unemployment issues, don't we? And there's a variety of reasons that this happens. Some people don't want to rush back into the workforce because of fear. Some people of, of, of getting sick. Some people don't want to work because they don't want to wear a mask or get a vaccine or, or whatever the case might be. But the greatest reason people have not rushed back to their job is because they're getting paid for staying home. Amen? And this is even better than part-time 
work and benefits because I'm not working at all. And I'm still getting paid. Isn't that great? Am I part-time? Am I full-time? Or in this case, I'm no-time. But I'm still making money. Amazing, once at the end of September, I think, at the end of September when the vast majority of the unemployment ran out, October, we had a, a gangbusters month and hired over a half a million people in the economy. When we were struggling, eking by at about 100,000 per month. Some people might think, well, 100,000 per month, as long as that continues. Yes, but of course, people lose their job every month as well. Transition a job. And so things are always in flux and things are always kind of crazy. Uh, trying to figure out how much people are going to work full time, part time, no time. And I'm sorry if it seems like I'm taking a long time to build this foundation about employment, but there's a very important reason why. You know, when your employer hires you, there are certain expectations, are there not? There's actually quite a few expectations nowadays. It seems like they only grow, really. Because you think you're getting hired to do a job. And if you're like most people, you want to do that job and no more. Oh, no one said amen to that. You want to do your job. You don't want to do your coworker's job also, right? You want to do your job and not to be a constant spokesperson for the company, right? But this is kind of the thing that employers are expecting nowadays. They are expecting a commitment. A certain level of commitment that you are a representative of them. Even if you're part-time. Even if you're not spending every hour there, you're still an extension of them. And they don't want you to get online and, and to say anything that could be controversial on social media. Or whatever the case might be. And... Uh, Training is a big question nowadays, isn't it? Are you going to train me to do this job that you have all these expectations for? Or do you expect me to know how to do all of it because I went to college? <laughs> I can tell you right now, college will not train you for any job other than how to be a student. I know, I've had lots of college. I'm not saying education is bad. I'm just saying it is not going to make you ready to do work. It's not going to make you ready to be a representative of the employer. It's not going to make you a, a, a ready to do the job at hand. All these expectations, and your expectation, of course, is to get paid and maybe to have some benefits. You know, I was thinking a lot about this. I think we were talking with kids earlier in the week about employment and part-time and this, that, and the other. And it made me start to think about how a Christian might adopt an attitude, might adopt an idea, might adopt a, a disposition that they can be a part-time disciple. Now, that is not contrary to the parable that we read. He said that he hired them for 12 hours, 6 hours, 3 hours, 1 hour to work. 
And while they were there, they worked the whole time. They worked and were engaged full time for as long as they were employed. And of course, the lesson of the parable is that it doesn't matter if you've served the Lord faithfully for 40 years or if you have served the Lord faithfully for 20 years or 10 years or one year, your reward is the same regardless of how many years you have spent serving him. Our reward is heaven, hallelujah. Our reward is eternal life with him. We all get that same treasure, that same great reward, but you do not get the reward if you are a part-time servant of the king. You must be engaged with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul. You must be ready all the time to be a representative of the king. Because you might only serve him for a year because you just found him. You might serve him for five years because you spent 25 years running from him. But God does not employ, he's not interested in part-time Christians, part-time disciples. You know, I, I was carrying on a little bit about employers expecting a lot. And I think that they do nowadays. I think that they've uh, got their heads on upside down about some things. Large corporations, they're just upside down about it because they're expecting a certain amount of commitment. They're expecting a certain amount of loyalty. They're expecting uh, an awful lot of dedication, but they're not willing to invest in their employees. They're not willing to train their employees. They want you ready day one, and that's just not going to happen. And the, the great treasure of apprenticeships is lost in our country. Now, I, I know that's not a very spiritual topic, is it? Apprenticeships, right? Why are you carrying on about, about these things? Um, this is why, because I wonder what it would be like if we, having a, a, a disposition that we can be part-time Christians, if God could be a part-time God. I mean, if it's all right for us to give him our heart on Sunday and take it back on Monday... Is it okay that he only listens to our prayers one or two days a week? Is it okay that he's only interested in, in, in what's going on in your life some of the time? Have you ever you know, you know, thought it would be all right if you got on your knees and repented, but God was just on vacation? God was just too busy. God was taking a nap. Hey, he had already punched the clock, and he wasn't available for you right now. How would it be digested? of his disciples if he was only a part-time God. But we seemingly feel that, of course, he's got to be ready all the time. I mean, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He is omnipotent. He's always there. He's always ready. Hey, hey he's going to hear me when I call. Amen. Hey, I got a question for you. Are you available when he calls? Are you ready when he asks something of you? Are you ready to give an account? Are you ready to witness? Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to praise each and every day? Is it just Sunday that you're a Christian? Are you just a part-time Christian? Are you a no-time Christian? Yeah, I'm an unemployed Christian thing. 
What are you talking about? I'm talking about all those people you've met that say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't go to church. I don't give to my church financially. I don't give to them my time. I don't give to them my talents. I don't give anything to the work of the kingdom, but I'm a Christian. No, you're not. You are lost and you are lying to yourself. This is a serious matter. These are the words of life and death. He said, if you would follow me, take up your cross, sell all that you own, follow after me, leave behind family, leave behind fortune, leave behind treasures, leave behind everything. It's not a part-time gig. It takes your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole strength, everything that you've got to serve the king, to serve the Lord. I said before that we've got this, this wonderful thing lost in our country, and it's, it's really true, this apprenticeship program. You know, this is how the ancient Greeks would teach. The philosophers. They would have a, a select group around them, young people, that wanted to learn from, from this teacher. Socrates had a, a circle of younger minds that he would influence, and Plato the same, and And really, this is exactly what rabbis did. This is exactly what Jesus did. Was it not? He called unto him 12. You are going to be my disciples. I'm going to pour into you. You're going to go with me everywhere. We don't serve a part-time God. He's calling you for your whole life, for your whole attention, for everything inside of you, for your whole mind. Now, I know that we like to clock out, but we clock out, and he's wondering, where'd you go? There's still work to be done. Look unto the fields, for they are white unto harvest. They are ready to be plucked. There there is work to be done. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I, I know that I don't have anyone swinging from the chandeliers today, but I really feel like this message is is Timely. I really feel like I'm talking to a few people right now that have forgotten that to be a disciple of Christ and to be a Christian, to truly be a follower of him, it's not something that you clock in and out of. It is incumbent upon you to take him with you everywhere. I'm a Christian, but I'll never read the Bible. You know, if we've got one failing in America as quote-unquote Christians, as a Christian nation, is that we are Christians in name only. We never read the Bible. I don't, I'm not trying to make this personal to you. I'm trying to talk about culture as a whole right now. We have, I don't know what the percentage is now. It's been declining for a while, but it's still probably in the 70s, uh, 70% or so of, of Americans. They say, I'm a Christian. They, they don't know the story of David and Goliath. I say that with fascination, and I say it with uh, uh, this, this angst on my face because, of course, I was raised hearing that story as a, as a wee little lad. You come to Sunday school, and you learned the stories, 
and you built upon the stories. And eventually you got the theology behind it and you got these larger lessons behind it. And, and sooner or later you, you had a teacher that stumbled across this idea of salvation, that we are lost and we are undone and we are dying and we are going uh, uh, to hell if we don't do something about it because he died for us. But we've got to activate uh, that sacrifice in our lives. What must I do to be saved? You must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost but that is not a golden ticket that seals your salvation forever it is to him that endures to the end that walks the narrow path that goes through unto the gate that he is he is the door he decides what we must do and he calls unto us any hour all the time full time in our parable, they worked a 12-hour day. In America, we work 40-hour weeks. But Jesus Christ is not calling people for 20 hours, 40, or 60. He's calling for every hour of your life. Someone once wisely said, it's hard to serve God easy, but it's easy to serve God hard. We struggle when we try to balance the world and God. That brings so much more anxiety than surrendering completely to what God wants in our lives. Samson struggled with this. I'm going to be the salvation, the savior for Israel but I'm going to hold on to my sin as well Saul struggled with this I'll be the king of the people but I want to do what I want to as well the prophet Isaiah writes in chapter 5 woe unto those who, who pull sin as if it were with a cart rope the burdens the cares the concerns, the distractions. It's as if you had loaded up one of those carts they used to carry coal on, right? And I just imagine they still do in some places, right? These little mine carts. You've loaded it up with all of this life. You're trying to head towards the Lord, but you're pulling an awful lot of weight behind you. It's much easier if you would unburden yourself if you would detach yourself from all of the cares of this life. Now, a lot of this momentum in our society towards benefits and, and hey, even a no-time employee, right? I'm going to work at home, and that's got to be all right with you. I need every second Tuesday off to take my dog to the groomer. I need this and I need that. And I, you know, it's a, it's a little out of hand, some of it, isn't it? Employers are expecting an awful lot, but employees are also seemingly expecting more and more in an unreasonable way. Hey, it's your job to, to work, right? Some of this some of this employee attitude comes out of 
well, you know, you have so much, you need to share it with me. It's, it's not okay for you to have this much and for me to work and to have this much. I got a question for you, though. You ever work for a broke boss? The answer is not very long. Not very long. Because you won't get paid if that boss is broke. It's kind of like working for a part-time boss. Disinvested, uncommitted to his own thing. Distracted with other cares of this life. Can you imagine serving the Lord faithfully and being committed all your life and going to the pearly gates and, and saying, Lord, Lord, I'm ready for my reward. I've served you faithfully. Not only have I followed your plan of salvation and, and done many works in your name, I have kept myself free from sin, free from reproach, free from all of the things that pull the world down. I'm not a follower in word only. I'm a follower in deed. And him saying, you know, I was absent the day you did all that. Because I'm a part-time God. Of course, we know those are not the words that we will hear. We will either hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward, your promise, into eternity. Or depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. He is on the job. He is paying attention. The Bible says we will be held accountable for every idle word. Every idle word. Hopefully we're found as full-time in our efforts that those idle words were not so surmounting, that there's no substance, just idle, just neutral, just going through, just Christian in, in name only, just Christian in word only, but never Christian in deed, never concerned with the lost, never concerned with the right attitude and the right disposition, centered only on ourselves, focused only on our circle, focused on, can I get a witness right now? It's a great danger that Christians walk in. It's a great danger that Americans in particular walk in because of our culture being so individualistic. That by itself is not bad, but it's a great danger when we bring that culture into the church. No time for fellowship, no time to pray with people, no time to talk to people. I said earlier, I feel like this message is timely and I feel like someone needs to hear those words right now. It cannot be just the pastor's job to fellowship with everybody. I'd like, I, I enjoyed saying that so much, I'm going to say it again. It cannot be the pastor's job only to fellowship with everybody, to talk with everybody, to be concerned with everybody. Because you know what? I can't. I don't have the bandwidth anyway, mentally, 
And if it is all on me, then, hey, we may only grow to 50 or 60 people or 70 people or 80 people. Some of you understand the gravity of what I just said, and some of you don't. That happens when we have a part-time attitude, a sometimes attitude, a no-time attitude. If God is full-time, shouldn't we be? Why don't you stand to your feet? If God is always available for prayer, should we not always be available for him, for his kingdom, for his people? Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, Jesus more than once likens the kingdom of God to treasure, treasure hidden in a field, a pearl of great price. And we relate it to us that, you know, we want that salvation. We want that treasure. I'm persuaded that God has treasure also. God's treasure is you and me. And it's to everyone out there that's lost. I wonder if we have any time for his treasure. For the people walking by, nameless, almost faceless as we pass them. God cares about them. He's looking for full-time Christians to go into the field, to go into the vineyard, to go and labor until the day is done. Won't you raise your hands, one and all, and let's speak to the Lord for a minute today. God, help us, one and all. Preach today, oh God, but so much of this applies to me, my heart, my mind, my focus, so many distractions in the world, so many cares of life to to pull me away from your kingdom and your call. Lord, I pray right now that you would help me, not my brother and my sister only, but God, help me right now to be drawn all the more unto your throne, unto your calling, into your kingdom, for all that you have planned and destined for me, O oh God. Help me, O oh Jesus, to turn aside from every weight, uh, from every sin and distraction. And hold fast to you, O oh God, and to your purpose for my life. Uh, to your calling, O oh God. Help me, O oh Jesus, to make an impact for your kingdom. Not for my name, O oh God, but for your name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, blessed Savior, blessed Savior. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Won't you join me in song as we conclude our service? I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God. Ah.
sweeping over me. Oh, yes, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? Aren't you glad you come to church today? Let's clap our hands unto the King. Thank him. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Be in prayer for Brother Castle again today and tomorrow. Let's see the Lord do a work in his body. Amen. God bless you all. Oh, I, we have one more announcement. Bishop. As we're dismissed, let's say a quick prayer for Zelma today. Jesus, you are mighty and great, and whether, oh Jesus, in the nick of time or with much time, nothing is impossible to you. We pray that you send healing and help to Zelma's body. Whatever the cause, you know it well. And we pray, O oh Lord, your deliverance to come that Jesus, regardless of the cause, you will overcome, and she will overcome with your help. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.